Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's very stupid. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall of Podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, my name is Joe Quazala. With me, as always, Kristen Studdard. That's me. We are a podcast uh, where you'll hear me talk about a thing that I, for some reason, love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm obsessed with it and I follow it like sports. <laughs> And Kristen, your relationship with the hall? Tenuous at best. Uh, somewhat improving in spite of, it's like, gosh, it's like I am I keep going on dates with this guy I don't like, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and he's slowly growing on me. He's urkling his way in my heart <laughs> and wearing me down. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, and let's bring in our guest for today, very Funny comedian, musician, podcaster on her own right over at the My Favorite Murder podcast. It's Karen Kilgariff. Well, hi, you guys. Hello. Hi, Karen. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good. Do you have any... Like, so usually people kind of peripherally know about it and it does not affect their life. Yeah. Uh, is Would you say that's the case for you? No, it actually... The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame killed my father. Um, oh, right. So I actually... I'm here for vengeance. Wow. Okay, please. Um, this is your, your least favorite murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With yeah. the murder of your father by the Rock and Roll <clears throat> Hall of Fame. Although I have to respect it, that in a, a building killed someone. Um, no, I, I think it's the same where I... I all, all I know about it is that it seems like people always complain that the right people aren't in it. Mm -hmm. So I... I'm from the 90s, so I'll always kind of switch into that, like, yeah, the cool people aren't in it, so I don't care about it, and and actually not ever look into it. So when you sent me, there, you know, there was a list of all the people who haven't been in. Mm -hmm. That was a shocking compilation of talent on that yeah. list. Oh, yeah. Couldn't believe it. There's uh, many snubs that were, any, any that, I mean, we're going to be talking about Pat Benatar later, but is, were oh there any? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. She did, She asked if she could talk about Pat Benatar. She doesn't even know. It did, it was not pushed by I Kristen. Didn't, I wasn't like, could you please talk about Pat Benatar? No, that was a natural pick. A, a, something that uh, listeners of the show know is that when I found out that Pat Benatar was not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I believe on our very first episode, I screamed. There's no I, other way to describe it. You I, screamed. I screamed directly into the microphone. Yeah. The levels went off the charts. I was very upset. Yes. And since then, she has been the standard by which I gauge all other people. I'm like, well, if Pat Benatar's not in, then the Moody Blues should not be in the damn Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, that she's my gauge. And so I'm very excited. But. You know, that's funny. I had the same feeling where I I don't 
know if I screamed, but I was very indignant when I came to her name. And then when I got down to like, sorry, when I got down to like Jan and Dean, I was like, fuck them. Are you? Yeah. We, we don't even have Pat Benatar. Pat Why Benatar. Are we Put her in the hall. Come okay. on. We'll get there. We, we will we talk will, about that we later. We will really get there. Okay. But uh, oh boy, oh boy. I, I also sent Joe an all caps text when I found out that you had chosen her. It was the essential scream of the te- It was a text scream. Do I will. win something for like picking? I mean, my forever adoration. Okay, great. For sure. Also, and I don't know if you know this, but um, you also gave Nate Fernald and I uh, your tickets to Slater Kinney. Oh, that's many right. Many years ago. Like probably two years ago. And so you already had my adoration. Oh, wow. So... Congratulations. Hey. You, you moved on up in my personal <laughs> Hall of Fame. You're wow. welcome. That sucked. I think I had to work. Yeah, I believe that is what happened. Yes. Or you had to, yeah, I think you had to be out of town because he was um, house-sitting for you. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Nate Fernald, first guest on the show. Yes, the very, the very first guest on the show. He was program. there when I... Found he, out that the Pat scream. Benatar was... He was there whoa, for the scream. The scream. This <laughs> like, is very full circle my right Howard now. Dean moment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. I'll never be it. Nothing was ever the, the same. Now. Yeah. Who was no. Nate's band? Uh, Pixies. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 A good choice. It makes, makes sense. We really we really hit a lot of the, the 90s kind of Pixies replacements, kind of like the people who would open the tributary for, for more alternative yeah. The kind of acts. godfathers of that... Alt rock, post punk kind of thing. Right. We've gone through a few of those. Which is now turning into like classic rock because it's been 100 years since the 90s. I mean, <laughs> how did it happen? Uh, and yet, choker necklaces are back, guys. No. So maybe it is the 90s? We've got to fight it. It's not good <laughs> yeah. for anybody. Resist. Resist <laughs> <laughs> is actually right. About. That's, That's right. right. Choker should not come back. <laughs> we, we can. Listen, okay. Politically, though, choker should also not come back. Whoa. <laughs> you, okay, I see. Whoa. I got the, it. Many entendres. Interesting, yes. yeah. Okay. We've, we've entendred quite a bit. Uh, were there other names on that snub list that took you by surprise? I um, Well, I kept, in my mind, I kept picturing, you know how when they do have the induction ceremony and then like on some channel like VH1, they'll just show clips and it'll always be like, for usually white dudes that look like they sh- they're the other band members of Aerosmith that are up there, like small glasses, lo- too many scarves, mm-hmm. bracelets mm-hmm. that are accepting things. So that's the basis. Like every time I would read a name, then I'd think back in my mind to that picture and be like, well, of course those people didn't pick these guys. Of course they didn't pick the replacements. They think the replacements are just like skinny drug addicts or yeah. you know what I mean like mm-hmm. they're like we like skinny old drug addicts yeah right. <laughs> if you're gonna be a drug addict you have to wear eyeliner yeah um, you better be dead yeah it all kind of, it seemed kind of like uh, but I also don't have I can't tell the only names I can remember Jan and Dean really st- stood out to me because I thought it would be funny if I sent you and been like I'm picking Jan and Dean so get ready to talk about Jan and Dean for one full hour oh my god um Toots and the Maytals, <laughs> mm-hmm. or the Mayals, Maytals, right? Yeah, yeah. Toots yes. and the Maytals. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, Pat Benatar, I just landed on that and just was like, "This is the most fucked thing." She is like, she, she is so rock and roll. She is so rock and roll. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who, you know, it's like, "Is this rock and roll? Does it count? Are they rock yes. enough?" Whitney right. Houston, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston. This I was whole like, type why? of thing, yeah. you know. But yeah, like there there's is, no argument. You get to Pat Benatar and you're like, hey, she rocks. Yes. Full and, stop. And she's all hits. It's just like she yeah. she was doing hits from what the mid late seventies into past, like into the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
She's great. Yeah, because there are artists that are in the hall that you could make an argument are not rock and roll. Who do you who do you think? I mean, there, there seems to be there's one every year. Like it seems like the Staples family or something like that. Yeah, like this. I mean, or like the yes, the Staples NWA. singers, or even like uh, Joan Baez oh. from two years ago. <laughs> You'd be more like, well, she's folk, and you you could. I think the argument there is she made an impact on rock and roll. Well, and she even said that in her acceptance speech, where she was like, she was like, really. <laughs> she's like oh, okay hold, wait hold up hold on yeah but she was she was like while i may not be a rock and roll artist there's no doubt the impact that folk music and the work that i did uh having had a major impact on rock and roll mm-hmm. and there's no doubt that the rock and roll hall of fame is essentially the music hall of fame now yeah it's it, it's harder and harder to draw a line uh between what is and what isn't i think yeah. i have some ideas <laughs> <laughs> Well, do they have people like old blues artists, like all mm-hmm. the people that yeah. current rock and roll people ripped mm-hmm. off to yes. get into the rock and roll? Well, like Muddy Waters in the this he was like the second the, year. Yeah. So like those okay, first good. few years, you you get rid of Muddy Waters, BB King, like all those guys. Uh, you know, eventually John Lee Hooker, Howlin' Wolf, like all those blues guys got in pretty much out of the gate. Good. Yeah, uh, which that that line makes more sense, uh, but also Bobby Darin is in hmm. which he <laughs> rocks <laughs> it's hard to is he splish splash i was taking a yes. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah making sure that i am right on that okay cool i had no That's, idea but i was like what? it does have something to do with the dead man's curve yeah uh, and, and did he do a dead man's curvy one too as well the he one kind of, the songs oldies. i can pull from uh, beyond the sea oh okay. bobby darren wow what a what a which is like a, a rocker it's like a standard almost yeah. and then mac the knife Mm. Oh yeah, gosh. So it's like nebulous, and and then it becomes like well. But there's also splish splash. I was taking a bath, so which is the hallmark of any uh, rock history. Honestly, splish splash. <laughs> I was taking a bath though could be like a Jerry Lewis. Yes, song. for like, sure. Yeah. Or like Fats Domino. It has yeah. like that kind of like kind boogie of boogie woogie. Uh... Oh no! <laughs> it has a touch of the Weird Al Yankovic to it as well. Yeah. Where it doesn't, where it's just kind of a nonsense situation. Yeah, it's a st- it's a narrative. It's a, yeah, about it's a, a comedic story yeah. <laughs> uh, about hygiene. <laughs> was he? How did he? This was back when they were like anybody who had a hit in the fifties and sixties should be in this rock and roll hall of fame. Kind of because it before it's, they had enough people to choose from. Well, I don't know. I think early on there was a an effort to get in a lot of the early. Oh, you know, rock people. But I th- and I think it's you can make an argument. You're like, well, if this person had a hit in the '50s, it probably influenced any anybody because yeah, there was nobody what around. I want to say if yeah. they had somehow missed out on putting Bobby Darren in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't know how, but let's just say they had <laughs> in some world, in some world <laughs> where you could forget about Bobby some, Darren. Somebody else that they, they chose somebody I don't know that they waited many more years to put in like. I don't know, a Nina Simone or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, nobody would be look. It's like Leslie Gore could have gotten in instead of, God, listen to me. Oh, my God. You know so much now. <laughs> you are speaking like an expert, <laughs> and I love it. I, can't, I cannot believe the words that are coming I know. out of Wait, my is mouth Leslie Gore in? She's not. No, she's oh. not. Well, we've ta- we've so talked about if it before. If she had been yeah. in instead of Bobby Darren, 
I think that he would. Oh my god! Really? Wow. I love. I love where I, this theory is going. I, I think that he would be like a Leslie Gore, where people would be like, "Oh yeah, I guess he was kind of important, but who's gonna fight for him now?" Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's totally true. There are a bunch of artists that are that got in early. That you know, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers didn't get in. What is early. their song? Why do fools fall in love? And that's kind of it. But that's. Is, doesn't a woman sing that song? No, it's no, a little it's a, boy. It's a teenager. It's a bunch of teenagers. He was like, um, he was kind of like a Webster type, he, where he was much <laughs> smaller and younger sounding. He was like kind of, it was like a Michael Jackson situation, but he, his singing voice was gorgeous. There's actually an amazing, Frankie Lyman's the one that started, got really bad on drugs, right? And then he was murdered. Oh gosh, that's that sounds familiar. Yeah, there's a I don't I can't remember it offhand. Sorry to even start it, but it's a really tragic story. But his singing voice, like he was really really talented. He was like, um, yeah, he was supposed to be huge, and then he basically just started taking heroin. Wow, and it all and went he's bad. Already small. I'm <laughs> right. sorry, I can't help. I uh, dead it at twenty five heroin wow. overdose. Oh, he OD'd. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I get, but I guess I feel like yeah, or like if I don't know if God forbid they had just maybe put some women in back then, and instead of just like any man who had a hit in the fifties, mm-hmm. then you know the people who didn't get in, the Frankie Lyman and the teenagers and the uh, Bobby Darins of the world would not have. Like, they would now be in the situation that Leslie Gore is in, where it's like it was so long ago, and there's nobody kind of on the nomcom. To... Nominating committee. Yeah. The <laughs> <nominating>. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know our very specific lingo. It, I mean, and so there would be nobody to fight for them. And I'm like, who was standing up for these people? Or do you think it was like back then? Gosh, I, do we know anybody who was on the nominating committee way back then? Like, do like we know in the, personally? In the early 80s? Or do, I don't we, know. do we know of were them? Were there any comics that were on the nominating <laughs> committee? Yeah, yeah. I think Marin was on the. <laughs> cool, uh, cool, cool. Well, it was. The, Jan Wenner and Ahmet Erdogan and, you know, a lot of those. Uh, so you think they were sitting around a table being like, we got to get Bobby in. I mean, come on, Bobby. But do you think it was also, I mean, it seemed, those things are always so, why do I keep hitting this? Those things are always so incredibly political that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. you're the editor of Rolling Stone, but then you're also like, you are good friends with, and then, you know. You know, Bobby Darren's lawyer, his right. manager. Right, exactly. Or the yeah. mafia people that got him. Yeah. I mean, like, it was a different, <laughs> yeah. the music yeah. business was really different back then. For sure. Although we've talked to some people who have been on that committee. That's what I meant by do we know. We know two people on the nominating committee Currently? that have been, right. that have that been have on been it. have been on it. They came on our show. In, oh, wow. In, it was a pretty big get in this yeah. very niche community that we are sure. part of. I mean, Bob Merlis, uh, who was on the committee for 23 years, who we talked to, uh, joined in 92, which is early on in the, in the hall. Oh, yeah, because it was 86 when it started? Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, I guess he Bobby Darren was two years before that, but I believe Frankie Lyman was like a, a year after that. So he was he was involved. And in that I think the reason I'm just so curious. I wish I I just would love to know like who was like, Come on, guys, Frankie Lyman. I, like it, Yeah, I, I believe Frankie Lyman was nominated every year since the beginning. As I so he was like Is it because he was dead? I again I think it's a thing of like if you're if you're around and you have a, a hit that early, you essentially influenced everyone because there's just... Yeah, but not Leslie Gore, not Dolly Parton, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Although you did learn about Laverne Baker yes. recently. <laughs> someone, oh, yeah, Laverne right? Baker, someone who I had never heard of and a television told me. Yeah, we... <laughs> On the 4th of July, we were watching the Golden Oldies music well, station. I think watching makes it <laughs> sound <laughs> It was different. on in the... In the it was like, providing the soundtrack of a party. Of a party. Oh, oh. One and of people... those stations on cable. I thought you meant you were watching an infomercial yeah. about right. that sold all those records yeah. that came together. No, but Joe has recently <laughs> yeah, texted we'll, me we'll... during the middle of a Time Life special about the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I have received several <laughs> pictures and several videos of what... What's going on on the... I had... There's no way I couldn't. It's a nine-disc set, a 12-disc set that they You sell. and I happened to be talking about something else. <laughs> sure. And then on cable, it was Time Life uh, infomercial for a, like, 19-DVD collection of uh, induction ceremony highlights. Just for people oh, wow. who don't know yeah. about YouTube. Right. I just... Yeah. I'm like, I, who would buy a DVD set? I thought about it. Oh, my God. I certainly... You could, were you going to write it off? Yeah, as it's a business expense. It's a business right. expense. God. But that uh, that's fun for me. Okay. Anyway, so we were watching the like television, or it was on. Yes, Pardon me. We're a, not all sitting around. People, yeah. It was the 4th of July. People were enjoying themselves. And it was... Uh, it's the on those cable packages where there's like there's like there's, 25 the 900s, stations there's that are just... music ones. They're just radio stations. This one was called Solid Gold Oldies. Oldies, yes. And it would like it would play all these oldies and then have the facts on them. And one of them was a song I had never heard by a person I had never heard of. Her name was Laverne Baker. I know that she was born in Chicago, Illinois, thanks to another music choice fact. And now I also know that she was the second woman inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm like, who the hell was she? I think she was the second solo artist female. Because oh. the Supremes had gotten in before uh, she got in. So the first solo artist was... Aretha Franklin. Nice. And then the second was the legendary, the notable Laverne Baker. Well, you Who seem, is that? You seem I know. To be I abs- sound mad about it, yes, but I, I, feel I just like... he doesn't like Laverne Baker. No, I do. Yeah. I just don't like that. I don't know about her, and maybe I feel like that. You know, maybe she's been kept from me. Is she the one that sings straight from the heart? The the major hits from Laverne Baker are like Jim Dandy, I cried a tear, and Tweedledee. Oh, okay. Which, uh... but not. Not Rock and Robin. Tweedledee is a different song. I don't know no, any of those songs. Exactly. <laughs> I, I know. That's I know Jim saying. Dandy. I'm, I uh, mean, I've heard the phrase "Jim Dandy." I've heard of. You, you, someone has exclaimed it when they stubbed their toe. <laughs> <laughs> Play it. Okay, let's put on. Yeah, Jim Dandy by Laverne Baker. <clears throat> And this song's been covered a bunch. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's fun. That song's good for swing dancing, it sounds mm-hmm. like. 1956. So real early kind of foundational stuff. That's cool, stuff. and I like it. All right. I'm back in. Laverne Baker, you go, girl. Man. I just felt like she'd been kept from me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I felt like maybe the patriarchy kept her from me. Interesting. I also feel well, that's like... That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> minutes ago, you were like... Where were the where were the women? Well, and then I gave you one, and you were very upset. <laughs> well, that woman doesn't count. I just was like, who is she? I was right. curious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't know. Maybe what it is is just I need to open my mind, and the hall needs to open their minds as well. Well, the hall gave you Laverne Baker, and you're rejecting her. No, I don't. I let her in. You heard me. I said that's a fun song to swing dance to. <laughs> <laughs> it was a struggle. Uh, 
And then, yeah, there's a... They, yeah, they did not do a good job early on. Well, also, if she's second, I'm just like, who... I'll... The, the So the women who were inducted earliest, Aretha was inducted the second year. Then the year after that, the Supremes got in. Uh, and then it took two years or so to get... Any I can, more women? I can, Ike and Tina. And of course, they put freaking Ike with Tina. I'm which annoyed. Which is pretty fucked up, uh, given his uh, Did they have behavior. to accept the award together? Did they just play clips from What's Love Got to Do With It? I don't even know that either of them showed up. I think I think Tina did. I don't think Ike showed up. And she was like, "People, you should be inducting me on my own." Was she eligible for her self induction by then? She hasn't no. been inducted on her own. She's not been inducted on her on her own. Okay. I think they kind of. My guess is they kind of consider like she's been inducted already. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It'd be. I mean, it would be a, a jolt of energy. Uh, I would to love her in. if they put <laughs> Tina Turner in to the damn Hall of Fame anytime soon. And I would love for her to sing We Don't Need Another Hero from Mad Men. <laughs> With those big weird yeah, earrings on? Yes. Sure, and just That's like a small bowl of fresh fruit. I want her to <laughs> <laughs> I want her to come from behind the curtain just one leg kicking out <clears throat> like so it was no were no women the first year. Aretha were, was the first yeah. woman at all. Yeah, no women the first year, and then Aretha was the only woman in the second year. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and she was eligible that first year. They could have put her in if wow. they wanted to. What more do they want from Aretha Franklin? She right. get, she's done it all. Have yeah. you ever seen the video where she sung? There was some huge. I think it was a benefit something. Pavarotti was supposed to sing Ness and Dorma, and he got sick and couldn't do it. So she stepped in. It's something like the day before or a couple days before and sang an opera song that she just had to learn phonetically and she did it. It's on YouTube. It's so Whoa. incredible. She's just like, she's one of my very, very favorites. She's, I mean, she's, she's so everything. of soul. She can do it all. Yeah, she's the best. She yeah. is, yeah. Like, wow. And if Aretha didn't open up the freaking tributary for Whitney, I don't know who will. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. But Whitney's I, music wasn't her music was so solely pop. I mean, that was the mm-hmm. whole thing pop. about Whitney Houston. But the question is, once we get to the, you know, kind of like R&B artists from the later years, like, what's rock and roll and what is mm-hmm. pop and is there a difference anymore? We were talking about this, on, on, I think, on the last episode about, like, there aren't really that many rock bands anymore, you mm-hmm. know? And, like... Like, popular music is hip-hop, it's rap music. Like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the thing. And in the, you know, grand scheme of things, pop got us here in a lot of ways. And pop is kind of what happened to rock and roll. Sorry. Wow. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, also with, like, Whitney, like, is... That's the evolution of Aretha. Yeah. You know, that's what that... And you have to acknowledge that even if you start from a place that's more rock and roll, you eventually get to... You're going to, it's going to branch out to become different things. Exactly. And like the fact that Beyonce will definitely get in. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't skip over Whitney in this evolution. It's Aretha, Whitney, Beyonce. That's, you you can't just skip a step, okay? And you got to put Janet in there too. You go Aretha, you go Whitney, you go Janet, and then Beyonce. That's how it is. And then close it down. (laughs) No, don't close it down. Keep the damn doors open and maybe induct more than one woman a year. Right. Uh, they're, yeah, they, they've struggled with the uh, R&B 
kind of it's not a category because they can if they want just ignore it uh they used to be pretty good at having at least one or two and in, in the past few years it's not been because there's also i mean labelle is not in oh uh roberta flax not in uh patty labelle so it's like you've got aretha but no patty labelle and it's like the question is what because like i consider like patty she just had less crossover success probably to a, a, a white audience as much mm-hmm. but like that's probably the biggest kind of you know like Aretha Hurdle. Patty, I mean, don't, don't, gosh, I'm like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, into a Aretha, microphone. Aretha fans are like, excuse me. <laughs> but I think it's, a, those are the the categories that are easier to dismiss is like, LaBelle was a disco, you know, obviously mm-hmm. it's R&B, but it was very disco and of that time. And so that's, you can see, I can hear those, like the music nerds and those intense people that would be on a, on a picking committee or whatever you call it. The nomcom. The nomcom. <laughs> I like to call so it sorry. the picking yeah. committee. Or, or our podcast, uh, or our podcast listeners. Um, but I think it's like that thing of like, no, disco sucks. No, that's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's then, then you can almost hear the dismissal of like, yeah, pretty singers aren't going to make it. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. And Whitney Houston, for as amazing as she is and amazing as, she, as her career became, she basically started as like a white pop star. You know what I mean? There was nothing soul or R&B about her in in those first couple albums. But she got, you know what I mean? She had a a, a huge crossover success, which I too think is why she's the heir to the Aretha kind of like soul. Just as far as like who who comes next, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. it's like, do you think like Alicia Keys, do you think Alicia Keys will get into the Hall of Fame? Because I do. do. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if you're going to put Alicia Keys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you're not going to put Whitney in like and you'll put in Aretha, it's again, we're in a weird nebulous place. And it's so, it, it almost sounds like know, the line is so much longer. It's just like the, yes, the women have to go stand in line for longer. And, and the door is so much smaller, yeah. too, because and it only opens every couple of years. Whereas, like, they're like, okay, we've got this big garage door that we open and we just let floods of like all white male rock bands just, you know, ride their scooters through mm-hmm. great you were searching for a word you went with scooters <laughs> i did I went with scooters i was gonna say motorcycles but i don't think all of these bands are very cool <laughs> right yeah you gotta knock them down a peg a little bit put them on scooters put them on a vespa but like uh, yeah uh, i feel like the aretha whitney thing is a very to me it is the obvious tributary mm-hmm. and it's the thing that's going to get us to the next like more modern soul singers getting them in and i do think and hope that the whitney documentary which i have not seen yet but just came out uh is going to joe's eyes just widened because we have discussed going to see it together (laughs) i really want to go see Uh, it (laughs) i am very excited to go see it um but i do hope that the whitney documentary maybe helps bring her back into the forefront of pop culture and our knowledge um also, just a fun little side story about Haley Bell. Do you guys have you guys ever seen the YouTube video of her singing um, "This Christmas"? Uh, at it's um, it was when Bill Clinton was president. He uh, he he had Patty LaBelle come and sing at the like White House Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> It's one of the best videos. Is one of the best videos uh, that I have seen of like a live singing on YouTube. So she doesn't know the words to this Christmas. She has cue cards, and the cue cards 
keep getting screwed up. Everything about the performance is totally screwed up. Her backup dance, her backup singers are not out there. She comes out and she's like, <laughs> Oh, I feel like yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. Does she start laughing? She well, at one point she just starts. She's like, she's like, and I don't know where my backup singers are. She's like singing yes. it while she's doing it, and then she's like, and this Christmas, move the cue card will be. Yes. I need the next one, sweetie. Very special Christmas. Okay, I need to say his name though. Will be like, and she's trying. She's like, okay, there's my backup singers in this Christmas. She's like, I don't know the words. I need you too fast. Okay, and she's like, and then a, a guy from the army gets up and does like a um he does a um a trumpet solo or a saxophone solo a brass solo mm-hmm. and she needs to say his name and she like the cue card has it like, there like, well let's hear it for the horns then like, kind of thing it's so good uh and um there's a lip sync show at uh UCB out here and my friend did that <laughs> as his lip sync oh, performance yeah. wow. and it was one of the funniest <laughs> really I have ever seen. It's Patrick McDonald. He did, mm. yeah, he did the the Patty LaBelle version of This Christmas where she can't get She's anything breaking down. Right. It's so funny. Her backup singers come out halfway through the song. <laughs> She's out on stage alone this whole time. It's very good. And that alone to me induction worthy okay hall worthy no her she is like um the way she can sing mm-hmm. everything about her but but it's almost like what i'm what i don't understand if is what are the parameters of the rock and roll hall of fame like what the, how are they picking people and what is that determining factor because if it's just talent or performance Aretha Franklin should have been the very first person to be inducted. I mean, she's mm-hmm. like, you you don't get more talented than Aretha fucking Franklin. Her range is humongous. She plays every instrument. She wrote all those hits. Like, what what is it that's yeah. qualifying? So there's a, the, one of the problems with this bizarre institution is that there are no real parameters other <laughs> than it has to be 25 years after your first recording. You become eligible. And then... That's, that's it. it. That's wow. it. They, they have not really publicly said uh, any criteria. Uh, later, we'll get into some criteria that I have uh, backwards devised <laughs> based on who they've inducted. Uh, you have to be Rush. You have to. <laughs> yeah. I think the. Uh, I I think with with that first year, maybe the reasoning behind Aretha not getting in that first year is they went very foundational, even like with the emphasis on like fifties. Like the people who were inducted that year was like Buddy Holly, Elvis, James Brown, uh, Sam Cooke. Can I do them all off the top of my head? Fats Domino, Jerry Lee Lewis, the Everly Brothers, Little Richard, Ray Charles. Basically, here's the thing: we'll never know if that was right or not. Someone will write us if it was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Might might be missing one or two, but that's the gist of it. And those were all, you know, there's an emphasis on the '50s and like a sense of order, I guess. And then the next year you get in, you know, Aretha, which I guess makes sense to me. Yeah. She's 60s. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If, um, if they're doing it chronologically. But are they is the question. They're not doing anything. Pretty like, much after the first year, any sense of chronology is kind of thrown out the window. Uh, and it's it's also tough because you can – someone could have released a recording, their first recording, and that's not necessarily a significant recording. Stevie Wonder could have been inducted that first year. Because he started releasing records when he was when like sixteen. When did he get in? Yeah, he got in the like year third two, year or three? fourth year. Okay. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like Stevie Wonder rocks. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like we can say that he's rock and roll, and so I just am like, it's such a nebulous idea, and it and it has 
morphed so much over time and like things that were rock have you know influenced things that we probably wouldn't consider rock and roll but like we consider very good music and then have gone on almost like in a weird wave pattern to then influence things that we would consider rock and roll. So it was like mm-hmm. rock influenced something that we're like, no, oh, that's more pop. And then it, that pop went on to influence something that we're like, that's definitely mm-hmm. rock. It's like, yeah. Well, well and the whole thing is stolen. You know, if they yeah, were, right. if they were really going to be true to form and actually being giving credit to people who influence music, because rock and roll is just the made up thing yeah. of how they stole the blues. Right. Right. I'm t- as if I know this, but <laughs> I mean, like that. That's one More thing less, I yeah. kind of know. So it's just like, yeah. So the it should have been all those blues guys first. Mm-hmm. Everybody Led Zeppelin stole from first. You know what I mean? Like, just get all that yeah. credit out. Where it's like these are the reasons. Th- these people are the reason that rock and roll eventually turned into what it is. It's like, in my mind, when you say the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I just go like Aerosmith. Just like, yeah. right, like yeah. it's that you, I just imagine Led Zeppelin and The Doors. Like when I think of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm like dads liking dudes. Just dads <laughs> listening to dudes. Dads being allowed to you like know? the dudes yeah. with long hair that they've always <laughs> wanted to like publicly. Yeah, just dads liking dudes, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just dudes for dads, man. It's for dads. It's a beautiful exchange program. Oh, boy. Dudes for dads. Dudes for dads. Uh, But I I will give it up that they did acknowledge in those first few years uh, those blues, a lot of those blues artists and all those kind of foundational. But it didn't seem to help diversify later years. Like. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. And I think that I think they have folded to uh, public demand yes it was a different time as, as someone who was from, <laughs> from that time i can just say that was back when everyone did whatever the fuck they wanted and no one had to listen to public demand there was no internet mm-hmm. there was no one there to call anybody on hey this is unfair this is bullshit people just got to kind of self-police and go well i'm a big you know music expert and i know yeah. what's best so i will decide whether or not something's valid and something had influence and that's you know the beauty of the internet is people get to stand up and go yeah you don't actually know best it it, mm-hmm. it has you know uh made things more egalitarian in some ways uh that is one of the the pros of the internet there mm-hmm. are many yet although it's, it feels like looking at the if, if we're if we're to say that the hall has been folding to public demand recently no it feels as though those loud <laughs> sometimes the, sometimes the loudest voices are the whitest voices <laughs> sure uh and it's been a lot of catch-up in the past few years of like okay we'll put in rush we'll put like, in kiss example, we'll put in chicago bon we'll put in deep kiss. purple yeah, we'll put in kiss. steve miller bon jovi got in last year <laughs> we'll put in bon jovi we'll well, put... steve miller's good yes yes steve miller is he's pretty good he is good uh, i i get though why they weren't jumping to induct him immediately though sure you know? yeah to me he's i'm like i could live with it without him i mean like sure i'm but I, I worry about what but to channels... me the Steve Wilton the Steve Miller channel it, the Steve Miller tributary is yes. what opens us into getting Bad we're company. getting our fish we're getting <laughs> our uh, this is where like the Dave Matthews band like like to me that just I think of it as like music that you listen to in college that like people get into in college when they start smoking weed okay interesting like, yeah you wonder if the like, the Steve Miller door leads us to Jimmy Buffett. Exactly. That isn't the question. Mm-hmm. If parrots fly out of that door, are you saying that's a bad door? I, I don't. I don't know that I, I love know. that door. I'm saying, I don't know. I'm saying maybe just 
keep it shut for a while. Right. And and when you start to, when you dug Journey, which was last year, then you, you're like, is Ario Speedwagon around the corner? <laughs> Is it coming around the mountain? Now, but are, do you guys ever talk about, like, like Steve, not that I know this in detail or anything, but I do know that, like, Steve Miller was, like, a, a guitar player, you know, yes. the ultimate guitar player that it was, like, he was, like, a guitar player's guitar player. Yes, like, in the was San Francisco scene. Was he, like, a scene, musician like the, type of guy who played yeah, on other people's records? His father was... Oh. He, was a, he was also in the... In, I'm trying to think who was... There's some story where Steve Miller talks about how... Um, he really likes your peaches and wants to shake your tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Swim my blood when it's warm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's someone, and I don't think it's Chuck. It's Les Paul. Les Paul is Steve Miller's godfather, I believe. Or has it occupies some sort of role in Steve Miller's life. You know, one mm-hmm. of, a person who more or less created the electric guitar. And speak, through I know Steve who Miller's, Les Paul is. I'm not saying it for you. Really. I'm saying it for a- anyone who's listening who oh, yeah. wouldn't know who Les yeah, Paul Yeah, exactly. Is. Someone listening to a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like, Les who? I've got to Google it. Someone accidentally pressed a button. They <laughs> fell over. A rock rolled onto them. They can't change. A rock rolled onto them, and they're listening to a podcast about rock, rock and roll. roll. Um, but yeah, St- Steve Miller, is, as a young man, was like a... Uh, known especially during the san francisco late 60s scene was like a known dude and the steve miller band before he had those hits uh they were putting out a lot of kind of bluesy boss skaggs was in the steve miller band for, <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. all those bay area people that's where i'm from yeah. and all those bay area people were but steve miller was like a virtuoso he's like mm-hmm. amazing same with neil sean or he was neil sean the who's the lead guitarist of journey actually wanted he was trying to start like a uh, like a fusion jazz band or something mm-hmm. yes. and then and then um steve the lead singer steve came in steve perry yeah. came in and was like here's my hits let's play right. these songs he's like okay right. but i mean uh-huh. that's why journey's sound is so crazy and huge is because there's like a really frustrated jazz guitarist <laughs> in that band that's yeah. just like i wanted to do a bunch of musical shit and not this like three chord progression mm-hmm. rock but yeah neil sean when he was 14 had two options on the table for bands that he could join. One was Derek and the Dominoes <gasps> with Eric Clapton, and then the other one was Santana, and he joined Santana. I was like, and he joined Journey? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he, he joined Santana as, oh. a, as a teenager and was the little boy guitarist what? for... And Journey was born out of Santana. A few of those, do, like Greg Raleigh was their original, was one of the singers for Santana. He was an original member of Journey. And... The, for uh, an album or two, Journey was had no vocalist mm-hmm. or very little oh vocalist, yeah, and was just like a jam band that kind no of thing, jazz fusiony to. kind yeah. of stuff. And then they were like, maybe we should have a singer. <laughs> and then they got it. They got a pretty great one. And then they yeah. got a guy who worked at a pizza place, but who had the voice of an operatic angel. Yeah, and there they went. And then they eventually. And then many years later, they replaced him with a guy from the, the Philippines, Philippines. <laughs> from the internet. Yeah. yeah. Who also had the voice of an operatic angel. He had the exact same voice. There you go. <laughs> Man, I, uh, do you think that Journey would have been different if he had joined Derek and the Dominoes? I think so. I think that whole, yeah, that whole timeline changes. 
If he if he doesn't join Santana, doesn't meet those there's guys. There's an alternate timeline where there's no "Don't Stop Believing." <laughs> yes, because "Don't Stop Believing" is like it's the it's the longing and the angst of a person who's in a situation successfully, unhappily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they were writing those songs, and it it had all this feeling to it because it wasn't just like. Let's go surfing now. Every, it yeah. wasn't like everybody's stoked or everyone's stoned or whatever. It was there was tons of infighting and they were trying to like create a sound. Sometimes that's good, you know. Not everyone agrees. Mm. Wow, you guys. What a what a journey. <laughs> what a joke, God. Well, we gotta go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sorry, Pat Benatar. Uh, I I also want I want to uh, if not briefly uh, at least touch on the subject of rock and roll murder i feel oh. like given, oh, please. yeah given your podcast oh wait uh, oh, um okay rock and roll murders mm-hmm. oh boy i thought i had one yeah I, you really I, stopped <laughs> you really stopped this train to uh do nothing. i was like let me see if i can name some rock and roll murders really oh my can't. god yeah i mean Literally, i know it's horrible you really wanted to take I was like michael jordan's father <laughs> <laughs> that was very rock and roll it yeah. was oh my god there's a there's a huge one. I know. There's maybe I mean the biggest one of all, and I, I'm like. <laughs> you want? I mean, I kind of want you to get there, but no, I it'll take me a second, and I don't. I'm embarrassed. Go, you, Joe. John Lennon. Oh yeah, that's a huge yeah. rock and yeah, roll that's murder. A, that's, that's the, the biggest. big one. That's the biggest one. Uh, and- I thought you were gonna say Dimebag Daryl. That's, that's oh, a pretty God. big one too. That's a wait, crazy one. Wait, Dimebag Daryl was <laughs> in Pantera. Pantera. Okay, yeah, and was like... killed on stage what? by a fan. How? Was, wait, what? By a, a fan? There yes. was a. He was. It was a mass shooting. It was really awful. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um. In what year? Oh gosh, at least ten years ago. Yeah. At least. Wait, a, st- a fan got on stage and killed many people, it, including from the, Dimebag from the audience. Just started Darryl? shooting. Yeah. He and he was he was a crazy guy. I was actually going to do this for our live show in. Um, shit. What is that city? It's it's upstate New York, not Albany. Um, Utica. Fuck. <laughs> Buffalo. Take this part out. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I was gonna. Syracuse, di- Buffalo. I, U- I talk Utica, about Albany. it. <laughs> Rochester. The the one oh, I was gonna say was Marvin Gaye. How am I pulling Gay? so much upstate New York? I've never been. No, there. none of those cities sound familiar at all. I'm okay. just like, no, I don't oh, know. No. Um. Anyway, or maybe sorry. Is that oh, where they're want, from? Or is it, look it up? Would ya? Wait, where Pantera's Oh, so it's Pantera's from? hometown. Or right just there. put Dimebag Daryl's murder. Um, but anyway, I was going to talk about it at our live show in this city. Now I'm thinking it was Columbus. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Columbus. It was Columbus. Yeah, it was Columbus. Shit. Why, did it, why was I thinking New York? I bet you we did all those cities in one weekend. He was assassinated on December 8th, 2004, Columbus, Ohio. Well, on... on uh, Wikipedia, it's like born, height, assassinated, buried. Yeah. Yikes. Really awful. And it was a fan who was mad that he left Pantera mm-hmm. and was in this other band. Yeah. And but then killed a bunch of other people. It's uh, it's the <gasps> most awful story. I was gonna tell it and it was so dark that at a live show we usually do old old cases or old mm-hmm. things so that we can kind of be light about it and nobody yeah. feels bad. Um, and so I, I didn't do that, but I read all about it for a day and it was just like, it's so tragic. And there's, you know, the security guard taking bullets, at, jumping in front of people. Oh and God. yeah, it's, it's the worst. It's really, really horrible. Oh God, you guys. <laughs> this is what it's like to talk about <laughs> rock and roll right. murders. Yeah. I'm um, just like, and guns. It's just mm-hmm. guns. This is really where I, now I'm starting to get 
really oh i'm starting to get sad uh yeah when there was that um the big march against guns did you see that thing where somebody paul mccartney just showed up Mm -hmm. and then somebody interviewed him and he goes well my friend was shot very close by here and everyone just kind of went like oh yeah you don't no one relates that because it's just like oh that tragic murder Mm -hmm. but it's like yeah that's that's a a mental patient had a gun. That's what yeah. all the, all these things are when it comes down to it is people who should not be given guns or get a hold of guns. Right. Yes. Um, I The murder I was trying to think of was Marvin Gaye. Okay. Oh, yeah. That yes, was who the, was killed by killed his father. Killed by his father. Yeah. That's, that's why... Uh, that's like, what you thought. The father. That's like uh, my Black brain, man father. <laughs> something's no, going on I, there. I was just thinking of like... I was like... I was like, someone got murdered by their father. And I was like, Michael Jordan's father got murdered. Wait, what was it? But like... Mm-hmm. My brain short circuits did. It was Marvin Gaye I was trying to think of. But yeah, his father murdered him. And then did he kill himself as well? I don't know. I think so. Uh, but maybe not. The Yeah, but what I do know is that he was, was in the 80s. He was Marvin Gaye's father. I guess over an argument. I don't really, but was, was killed. Uh, yeah, in 1984. So horrible. Awful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's a, there's a, you know there's so much death that surrounds rock and roll, not all of it murder. I mean, speaking of gun violence, the guitar player for Chicago, this isn't a murder, but was fucking around with a gun. He had a gun and he was just I think he might have been a little drunk, and he was just like, oh, I love this thing. I can just and then no. put it put it to his his brain, pulled it. Didn't know. That there was a, because it was, there was nothing in the clip, but there was one in the chamber, or I don't really know how guns work, but uh, there was something where, yeah, there was one in there, and he didn't know, and he killed himself. That's horrible. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't like that. Oh, oh. Well, it's telling me that um, Marvin Gaye was uh, murdered by by his father he was fatally shot twice following an altercation with his father after he intervened in an argument between his parents mm. good lord in 1984 uh sam cook was murdered uh although there's there's questions around his death uh but they've they ruled it a homicide and that by whom a manager of a motel mm-hmm in LA. I just listened to there's an, a podcast called Disgraceland about uh music and murder. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Real short like 20 minute uh, episodes and they talk about that where um yeah, Sam Sam Cooke was kind of up to no good. Yeah, he was involved in something and they they aren't entirely sure what was what the circumstances were. And I think Sam Cooke's family has has been question has questioned the official report. Yeah. But he Ooh, was uh, up, up to no good. Like he was at a motel out by the airport, and nothing not good happens yeah, at a motel by the airport. And then end, end of story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I it think was, I see. I think I see. I think I see. Okay. It wasn't like he was walking down the street and got mugged or something. It was like there was there was uh, questionable circumstances. But um, yeah, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't talk about it since I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. Besmirch anybody's name. But you also um, don't want to get involved. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, and this is yeah. me pulling the curtain down <laughs> on my front window, right. not getting involved. Uh, and those are, I'm... I mean, the John Lennon bur- murder is a thing. Oh, now I'm like getting very sad getting about sad. the state of the world. Well, I just think about, I think, because I'm like thinking about all the 
all of the people who wanted peace and good things and were taken out of the world. And then I'm, I've just been thinking a lot about the Bobby Kennedy murder and the MLK murders recently. I've just been thinking about them because there, I think there's a series coming out about Bobby Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I, uh, all the people who, who like, you know, put it, put themselves out there for peace. It's, it's really tragic. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. they're violently taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, there's been, I mean, last year Tupac was inducted. Uh, oh, wow. And there's been a, it feels like there's been a, maybe not a bunch of stuff, but I feel like I've seen a lot of TV programs about that murder. There was a uh, odd uh, dramatization, odd drama, like miniseries about uh, Tupac and Biggie's oh, yeah. deaths there was that, that I watched some there. of, and it was. Weird. But they never solved. <laughs> they didn't solve either, right? No. It's like uh, the series that that they it was speculates on, that he's still alive in Aruba or something. The series has like three timelines, uh, and one of them is like current day with detectives pulling their hair out, going, "We're reopening this, but we can't. We still can't figure it out." Ugh. Uh, and then there was something on A and E recently that was uh, about Tupac's murder terrible i don't guys i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say it murder's bad it's, guys it's murder really, it's bad. not that cool i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna say <laughs> murder is bad mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it okay i'm gonna just make my statement known i'm not afraid in this political climate to say something like murder is bad imagine like that's now a freaking like <laughs> what wait a minute kristen get, kristen wait, slow wait, down you get all these on, emails on, look on, i tried to listen to this podcast murder Okay, listen. It's unpopular opinion, but I'm anti-murder. Okay, I'm. Well, well uh, let's let's maybe move away from the murder story <laughs> with a maybe an uplifting, an, an uplifting, uplifting murder, an uplifting uh, rock. I don't know, rock and roll. The song "Walking in Memphis." Yeah. By Mark Cohn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was shot in the head wait he was so he was in he was in his car because he lived he was in Ah. his car um and then some bullet from somewhere where was he in memphis when this happened he was not he was uh still in in another city (laughs) (laughs) and a bullet hit him in the head and almost no damage what he survived and had no lasting damage yeah somehow it it like hit a part of his brain that you don't need or it just like completely went through and like miraculously missed everything i've i just recently did a murder story on our podcast where a guy gets shot in the head and the bullet went into his um like into his nasal passage and kind of went around just and didn't do and out. it just didn't do anything like went in yeah. and then stayed and then another guy there's been people who have had hard enough heads where the bull, bullets just graze off of their skulls and that they don't get it's like it's crazy and it seems impossible but if you watch the show i survived it happens more than you would think <laughs> yeah it's wow. really crazy yeah i yeah i would think never so this right? is news to me yeah you know it happens also news to me <laughs> walking in memphis i just always in my head think is bruce hornsby in the ring (laughs) so it is totally that same category fyi more news to me guys mark 
Cohen? Mark Cohen. Mark right. Cohen, not Mark Cohen of But Cohen Double without Dare. an E. Yeah. Mark Summers? Mark Summers. Yeah. Who's Mark? It's, not, it's not Mark Summers. <laughs> not Mark Summers? Okay, uh, great. Yeah, and it is. You guys, when are we going to solve <laughs> the me? Mark Summers murder? <laughs> yeah. The Double Dare murder? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, yeah the the double unwrapped uh, <laughs> 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 you forget but oh, Mark boy. Summers has had a long career. He of, really uh, has hosted the shit out of yep. anything. Yeah, he really has hosted. There's a great I think it's on Leno. There's a great uh, clip of Mark Summers and Burt Reynolds are on panel together on the Tonight Show, and. Uh, <laughs> Marks, <laughs> it's uh, Burt Reynolds, I think probably at his uh, crankiest, which hmm. would be like kind of the 90s era Burt. And like he just so he you just see him seething with hatred because Mark Summers is such a nerd and like Burt Reynolds <laughs> wants to fucking pound his ass. Um, and I think Mark Summers makes some dumbass comment like, uh, hey, hey, check, check that. It's all Burt Reynolds. What's his deal? And like, uh, wait, what? He says something super <laughs> innocuous, but like it's, uh, you know, poking uh, the beast. And I think Burt Reynolds throws his water at Mark Summers. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of like just sitting back, like probably chewing gum. Uh, and then Summers does it back to Burt Ra- and Burt gets you can just see him get so mad and then I think maybe he like he slaps Mark Summers and then it's, Summers slimes him and he so pulls a even. lever yeah a bunch of slime it's really fascinating because I don't know whose side to be on because Mark Summers is such a dork but like Burt Reynolds is such an asshole like you kind of want him to get owned a little bit but then also Burt Reynolds is being he's a, dick, a bully so yeah like, he's hey. a huge bully but and, he's still Burt Reynolds yeah, like it's, it's hard- so ballsy to throw water in Burt Reynolds face where it's like you're a children's show host yeah Relax. what I think is wild is that the winner in all of this is Jay Leno <laughs> Yeah, That's how does he get no crossfire? <laughs> yeah. He just sat there going, dip, 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 yeah. just making yeah, weird this noises. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Water, Reynolds, and yeah. Cannonball run, it. double day. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just saying what they're in. <laughs> just nouns. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. Secret Jay Leto impression from Joe it's, Kozala. It's coming out. <laughs> was not finally. prepared. Because he did like a Seinfeld for Mark Summers. So I was not, con- I didn't think oh, you right, had any yeah. impressions for these people. I think it would be shocking if I pulled out a great great mark summers impression <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> so subtle <laughs> uh let's talk about pat benatar yay <laughs> let's do it uh so we, we talked about it a little bit already and we also talked about my criteria that i've i've come up with yes we're gonna go through these criteria and evaluate pat benatar uh, on her worthiness to be in the hall here's also i should probably begin this segment of the show with a confession which is as much as I stand for Pat Benatar and her inclusion and induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I know I've only heard one song. very little about her. I know, I know, and for a heartbeat, sometimes I think that that song "Warrior" is by her. It's not. I know by Scandal. It's by Scandal. I do know that featuring Patty Smythe. Featuring Patty Smythe. But but boy oh boy, that could be a Pat Benatar song. Yeah, oh, I mean, the, yes. the, Pat Benadar did have some of those 80s hits where it seemed like she was trying to um, gather up orphans, like dystopian <laughs> orphans to start an army. Yeah. She was very much like that, and that's Warrior and had that, that same song feel. has feel that to feel to yeah. it. And so, 
Again, what I'm saying is like, I don't doubt that she deserves to be in, but I, don't come to me for a ton of specifics. <laughs> all right. right. Uh, also, uh, specifics. Cool phrase. Don't love it. <laughs> uh, any Anything we, we, we want to get off our chest before we jump into the categories about Pat? I mean, she's cool. Great. She's just... Okay. <laughs> Glad we got that out there. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to say. Papinatar, uh, first of all, that's her real name. It Hell was her, yeah. It was mm-hmm. her first husband's right. last name. Um, Which she got luck, lucky because yeah. her maiden name is like Andrew Dusky or something. <laughs> yeah. Something very Polish. Some terrible Polish name. Yeah. But the name Benatar is so cool. It kicks ass. By itself, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, and then she is... Uh, not only opera trained, mm-hmm. um, but so she has a humongous voice and a humongous range. But then she is like one of the most, I won't stop hitting this thing. Um, <laughs> she's one of the most beautiful women like in music. I yeah. mean, she's she looks like a, she almost looks like a little elf or something. She's like, the she could wear a pixie yeah. cut. She's just, she could wear a unitard with a belt. I mean, she just, she has it all. Uh yeah, her Andrew Andrew Juski yeah. Andrew 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 maybe Andrew Chesky. And Joe can and Joe can say that because his last name is yeah. Quizale. I've got a pretty rough He's, last name. And it's and I grew up in uh in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, which has a lot of Polish uh, last names, and I feel like I've seen that one before. And I've seen it pronounced like Andrew Jeski, uh, Andrew Juski, uh, Benatar. Good work, Benatar. <laughs> Keep it. And that rocks. And her ex's <clears throat> name was Dennis Benatar. Yeah, Dennis Benatar. Denatar. Yeah, he does. He sounds like a Thundercat. Yeah, that's uh, a cool name. So, all right, let's go through these categories then. Uh, first up is critical acclaim, which I don't th- know that she's really on the right side of any critical acclaim. Has she never been on anybody's list or anything like that? Joe, you read all the lists. Yeah, if if Benatar is ever showing up on a on a list, it's, it's like, like women who rock. Women who rock. You know. Uh, number one Joan Jett always <laughs> number two who's on the women who rock list uh, the women, according to fucking Rolling Stone if the, who's which on the I goddamn don't, women, women who, who rock, rock feels more like a VH1 list oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's but, very Lita Ford based list yeah. Yeah. Usually, I mean usually when I it's mean, like women who rock it's like Aretha Franklin Tina Turner Joni Mitchell Janis Joplin those are like usually the top and ones Tina couldn't be in there on her own somehow <laughs> is Ike on that list of women who rock Ooh. he's not Dang, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think maybe that's if... going to be my new thing. Is Tina should be in on her own, mm-hmm. and then it very clearly moves to Whitney. You got Aretha, Tina on her. I'm back. I'm back in the loop. Oh boy! All right, I'm oh no, sorry. She's lost. We got to pull her out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kristen. But can I just ask a question? Because yes. critical acclaim. So that's basically like so. If people are reviewing the album, they're not going. This is a meaningful uh, piece of artwork. Right. Yeah. Uh, is is by no stretch of the imagination considered a critical darling mm-hmm. you know uh and sometimes you can get into the hall because you are especially you know that category is one of the more uh important ones well also because a lot of like music critics and music journalists and stuff tend to have a lot of power on the nomcom and the people who are in the like nominating committee tend to respect the opinion of those types of people, it seems. Mm-hmm. Twid seem. But it's her voice is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like her yes. voice is Karen Carpenter level voice perfection in terms of range, in terms of like, you know, the way she uses it and it being emotive and stuff like that. 
I mean, I'd just like to point that out. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the lyrics won't, you, you won't write them uh, to your former lover or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think I, I would guess. for children, you never wrote that to your <laughs> former lover. I would guess that the critics probably do give it up for that, her abilities and her skills vocally. I feel like We Belong has to be on some sort of ballads list or something. Well, let's, let's go into then uh, the next category, which is classic albums which I do not consider Pat Benatar to be an albums artist. She's more of a singles artist. And I don't know that any of her, I would consider any of her albums to be kind of in the pantheon of the greatest albums of all time. Another song that could be by Pat Benatar, okay, but it's not, is Total Eclipse of the Heart. I feel like it could be like her voice. That could be Bonnie Tyler and mm-hmm. Pat Benatar. I just feel as like, that feels like a little oeuvre. I don't know why I had to tell everybody that, but I told them. So, hi. Now you know. That's what I think. I want you to speak freely. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm glad you said it. Thank you. Uh, I guess that she had an album called Crimes of Passion, which is maybe the the closest uh, to being considered like kind of a a classic album. Because it has all the hits on it? Yeah. It was like, you know, it went four times platinum. Uh, It's the one from 1980. Yeah. And that's the one that has... uh, Hit me with your best shot. Hell is for children. Uh, Promises in the dark. Um, no, not on that one. Although it does have a song called "Treat Me Right," which I'd never heard before. Treat me right. Which I think is great. It's oh, really I, good. I know that. Song. Treat me right's really good. That's a great song. Wait, Wuthering Heights. That's not the Kate Bush Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Yes, it is. She does, it a, is? She does a cover, a cover of, of Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Oh, but that's a co- okay. I was like, she didn't. Write. That no, seems like no, no. such a quintessentially Kate Bush song. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's she's covering it, but okay. she. I think she covers it to show that, like her, what a great voice she has. Is Kate Bush in the Hall of Fame? She was nominated for the first time last year, but she did not get in. See, that's someone, for example, who I feel like critically is yes. so acclaimed, but is not like a super popular artist. But her critical acclaim would get her in mm-hmm. over someone like a Benatar. Yeah. And they're like, there's only room for one woman this year, so we can't have you both. <laughs> I just think it's funny that, like, it, you know, I can think of a handful of Kate Bush songs, but I feel like I can think of 15 Pat Benatar songs. Interesting. Like, if that hit-wise, if commercial that, if that success, ma- I think, is, is that another category? So, the, the, okay. this, our next category is iconic songs, okay. which we can transition into uh, nicely. Uh, if... <laughs> Nicely. If we so choose. If we choose. I will choose to make (laughs) it very rough. Okay. Hey, put a treat in your hand and then welcome. Tell the the category it can come out. So iconic songs. Uh, I would say Benatar's iconic songs. Hit me with your best shot. Heartbreaker. Love is a battlefield. And that's maybe where I, I stop it in terms of iconic. And then when we go into. I feel like we belong. I th- yeah, I I think We Belong is unfortunately mired with some 80s production that kind of keeps it out of that category. I think it's the kind Tell of that song to that, every karaoke night yeah, when I've you ever hear been it on, like in a bar when it comes on the jukebox, you're like, yay, but you don't. It's not like everybody in the bar knows that song. Mm-hmm. It, uh, and I think some of those earlier ones has a production that makes makes them more timeless. Whereas We Belong just feels so 80s. And I think kind of the... It's because of the, like, um, what's that? Synthy. And the drums, the, um, what do they call that? When there's, like, they've been programmed to have the... Drum machine? Yeah, but that's... You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The, I, 
it's not feedback. I can't think of the name of the word. There's a type of like filter <laughs> yes. that the mm-hmm. drum a sound. Is, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, specific yeah. sound yeah. that is very connected to that era. Yes. Uh, and I think that in general that probably Did hurts. Did we say heartbreaker? Yeah. I think I would throw heartbreaker and hit me with your best shot. I would say those are probably her two most iconic, and I would throw Love as a Battlefield up there as well. Uh, and then if we go to the next category, which is kind of generally recognizable songs, then throw in We Belong, throw in Shadows of the Night. Uh, Promises in the Dark. I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, how but, does Promises in the Dark go? It's it's an earlier song. What do you, Let's, does it say what album it was on? Yeah. Uh, Promises, it starts slow, and then it turns into a rock. Yeah, do you want to listen to Promises yeah, in the I Dark? Do. I'll throw that it's on. It's some good shit. Guns and Roses opening. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like Axel's about to start wailing. One would almost think it's influential. Ooh. Ooh. Promises in the Dark was on her third album, Precious Time. I've definitely heard this song. Also, this is such a, like, rock song. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Are Guns and Roses in the Hall of Fame? FYE, baby. Motherfucker. Yeah. This is... Of course they are. They got I in know. immediately. Yeah. I say FYE, meaning first you're eligible. As soon oh, yeah. as they were eligible, they got in immediately. Number one with a bullet. Um, but you know what's... I have never heard the song before. Really? Mm-hmm. And I think what's... Uh, see, I know Pat Benatar from, you know, classic rock radio. And from, I guess... I don't know what category... The mu- music stations that are 80s, 90s, and today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I feel like they kind of, they stop at five songs for Benatar. Okay, yeah, here we go. She's gathering those (laughs) those apocalyptic apocalyptic youth orphans. Come Uh, out of the bushes. Yes, it's safe now. We're going to rise up. But can we do choreography? (laughs) Yes. We all know it. (laughs) Punch in the air? So do I. You got it. So I only know like five Pat Benatar songs because those are like the ones that Cult, like society has held on to, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like the the other ones have kind of been forgotten by time. Yes, I guess. Uh, so I know "Love Is a Battlefield," uh, "Shadows of the Night," "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," "We Belong," "Heartbreaker,", Heartbreaker. and that's yeah, that's all that I I and I feel like as someone who was not but those around. Those all rock. Yes, <laughs> but what what I'm saying is I feel, I feel like, like there's that's some enough. They rock. Jesus, <laughs> uh, get defensive about it. I'm ready. But sometimes that is a, that is a a thing to consider is like. But I just over think it years. is interesting. Yeah, I, I, uh, it is also a very much a sound of its time. I will say that in some ways. But also, that's the fucking sound of its time. You mean to tell me that like Guns and Roses isn't the sound of its time? Because it is. You know, mm-hmm. and so like I think that like. Like, you can argue that it, it is, like... A- right. I think the artists from the 80s, like Whitney Houston, have to... That's their hurdle, which is that that production was so specific and did not exist before or after. And you can tell... And it has that cheese to it, that when we listen to a lot of those 80s songs, it, if we're insecure, it, there's a reluctance, you know? <laughs> If we can't just let ourselves love it, there has to be some sort of begrudging like, yes, despite all this kind of weird production sound, 
there there are good songs shining through. But you know what's funny, and I, and I obviously all of this is about taste. All of this is just what we like and what like mm-hmm. you know strikes a chord in us. Um, I was a freshman in college when Appetite for Destruction came out. And it was the bane of my existence. It was blasted at every single fucking party oh, we went I'm to sure. every mm-hmm. weekend. And I hated it more than anything. It, sound, it was screaming. It was obnoxious. And I fucking hated it. And, you know, it's, the, it's that thing, too, where it's just like we, you can talk like arguing that Kiss should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when we could all sit here and play every Kiss song on the guitar. Like it's it's mm-hmm. garbage child rock and roll music i mean it can be argued i i I Mm -hmm. won't say that like obviously they had hits and whatever but we're it we're not talking about uh, obviously slash is a great guitarist but this isn't it's it feels to me like the argument changes band by band Mm -hmm. just depending on who is holding the conversation and who's deciding because all of the songs that we just talked about uh for pat benatar they they're played on every you know la classic rock station all day, every day. Yeah, constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, November Rain is not. It November mm-hmm. Rain doesn't hold up. You right. know, like yes. it. It was of a moment where a person was famous enough to push a piano into a pool, and everyone <laughs> jerked off about that because they thought it was the coolest thing ever. That doesn't hold up. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's. It is. It is also a, a, a band that has a sound of a time. And mm-hmm. I think if you are romantic about that time and you had a great time during that time, then that's great. And you're like, this is, of course, they're forever. But like for me, I immediately get sick to my stomach. Like I immediately have like Zima hangover feelings when I, when I hear Appetite for Destruction in any way. So it's just all like all of this is the classic anything in music. You just end up fighting about taste and experience. Mm-hmm. Although I really. do guess I now that I'm thinking about Appetite for Destruction in particular, I lived in Tennessee when that um, came out. So obviously it was everywhere I was as well, <laughs> even though I was a small child. Uh, um, I remember that uh, like like thinking about that, that certainly qualifies as some sort of classic album stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that is another hurdle that she is fighting is that all of her hits didn't, and like fucking Guns N' Roses, another reason that they are iconic in many ways is because they didn't do many albums. Like they burned out. They they didn't have a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, they didn't. They weren't able to, you know, have some really terror. I mean, like they had their kind of classic album. Then they had one more. They had yeah. Use I mean, well, they had they had two, two two use your illusions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget they were on the Terminator uh, Two soundtrack. I do remember that. Right? Was that? I that that rings a bell. That I think that was the whole big thing mm-hmm. about them was that they were in the ter- Terminator Two soundtrack. That was a big deal when mm-hmm. I was growing up. But like, maybe that is another thing is that she didn't have that kind of like big momentous thing, and then you know deign to go away (laughs) right yeah well the first few years of her career she was putting out an album every year 79 80 81 82 83 too prolific she's too prolific if you ask me too prolific well and also she made that crossover from um when mtv started from the radio to video Yeah. yeah because she was gorgeous and because she got it um so there's a lot of people that didn't or couldn't and of course, I was also there when MTV started. And mm-hmm. she, that was the other reason that she got so big, like Love is a Battlefield, was that video was like, le- is it's legendary. So bi- it was so important. Yeah. When it was I was really good. Up. And yeah. she, and you know, so she went from 
like the classic rock stations or whatever it wasn't classic at the time you know and then went into like whatever that felt like it was it wasn't new wave or anything but it was definitely different music mm -hmm. than what she started um doing when yeah. she got into lovely's battlefield when, when it went into we belong or whatever she she definitely made a very overt progression to keep her career alive yes absolutely which not a lot of people can do i think and her second out second song on mtv was pat benatar you better run yeah Oh, really? That the first deep. was Video Killed the Radio Star, mm -hmm. and the second video was You Better Run? By Pat Benatar, yeah. A song that I could not... Uh, Draw up. Yeah, like, dun, wow. Dun, 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 dun. It's very, like, um, I'm like that sounds I'm like kind of a bluesy. Yeah, I thought that was going to be stock like... spread in the news. <laughs> kind you of. better run. <laughs> uh, well, then, let's talk about commercial success, which is... This is Pat Benatar does quite well in this category, has sold more than 30 million records. Did she have a resurgence with that movie 13 going on 30? I don't think <laughs> so. <laughs> no, do you guys know? That's like a major plot point. I've only seen, I saw the movie once and way too late. I love that movie. <laughs> but like, that's a major plot point, right? Is that she and her friends did the dance from Love is a Battlefield. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when she goes and she like wakes up 30 i think and then she's mm -hmm. like trying to convince she teaches a kid the dance yeah. maybe yeah. or something right yeah. yeah i feel like maybe you know the youth yeah got introduced to pat benatar in that way who could forget oh <laughs> shut your face i'm sorry that that i think that movie was important to some people though like that was it like was a successful i heard it caused a resurgence <laughs> <laughs> It was successful, all right. Yeah, sure. It was. I saw it too late, but I do think it was. I'm shocked uh, Pat Benatar didn't get inducted into the hall right after 13 going on 30 <laughs> I'm came just out. Saying, By Jennifer Garner gives yeah, her her exactly. Uh, it could award. happen. <clears throat> well, uh, definitely, like, you know, probably hipped a bunch of people to that's all That's what I mean. Like, kids music. didn't know who she was, and then they're watching it, and they're like, oh, neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Sorry that it's teenage girls, so you don't respect them, Joe. But that's probably who was uh, tuning in to Guys, Pat I'm Benatar. Step out for a second. <laughs> let you have this moment. We need to hash this out. Just saying. Uh, so commercial success. Really first album. Sell their taste. <laughs> first album platinum. Second album four times platinum. Next album two times. Next one platinum. Next one platinum. Next one platinum. She was killing it. Commercial success, obviously, she was connecting with a lot of people. Uh, also, in eighth grade, I had a I had a folder that was the Pat Benatar Get Nervous album. I don't think it was one of her more popular ones. Went platinum. She, did it? Yeah. She um is on the cover in a straight jacket. Oh yeah, with really cute Look hair. At her her and, hair is all wild at the top. Yeah, and she they used to make these. You know, it was 1984 or whatever. They made these folders for school but it was whatever record you liked so it had a little record sticking out of the top mm -hmm. like a fake paper record and then the album cover so you could go ah. and be like i like that benadar <laughs> everybody acknowledge it uh and that's the album with shadows of the night on it oh okay with the a classic the that's a good karaoke song if you can if you can handle it <laughs> Um, a lot of repetition at the end, though, mm -hmm. which you don't. It's oh, not that's good the for worst. You forget yeah. the, until you you have to face the music. Doesn't Eight. we belong have a long outro too? Like, doesn't it go? Yeah. 
for like ever. That's when you walk in a dramatic circle. Yeah. Don't be afraid to really keep that karaoke stage as your own. I'm not afraid to just monologue. To, oh, To good. really like sure. talk about what's happening in the room, to really connect, maybe give a compliment to someone who sang earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Tip your weight staff. Tip your weight. <laughs> Fill out your comment I'll, cards. Yeah, exactly. I'll do. And then I'll just, you know, I'll get in a quick mic set if I if I need to try out some material. I'll get, yeah. I'll put I'll I'll put a few jokes in there mm-hmm. at the very as end. you should. Uh, longevity. So sure, first. I mean, album. she had that resurgence with thirteen thirty. <laughs> so right. let's not forget. Uh, she was so her first album was nineteen seventy nine, and she was on the. Although it looks like oh, this is interesting. Her first single. Ooh, ooh song. Her first single is from nineteen seventy four. It's called Day Gig. And mm. I don't, it must have been like early, early on, you know, before she, maybe she was even signed. What is Ooh Ooh Song? <laughs> oh, it's, I bet you, yeah. you I, might recognize it. The Ooh Ooh Song is kind of, I don't know what the chorus is offhand, but it's. I bet it's, it doesn't say Ooh in it. There's a, there's a bunch of Oohs in it. Do you want to listen to the Ooh Ooh Song? Come on. I feel like we owe it. Sounds like a surf song. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I am watching the video. You guys are not, but she just she was a waitress, and then uh, she took the table she was waiting on, and they are now her band. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, they're pretty good. This band. Yeah, these guys who were just eating <laughs> at this pizza parlor. <laughs> Do you think we're getting to the chorus soon, or should I jump? There's an accordion. It's we're almost there. Okay. Yeah, she was she was made to be in music videos. Yeah. That is. Here's the ooze, right? This is the recognizable part. Hmm. You sure? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I've I've legit never heard this song, but it sounds like a lot of songs I've heard. Like this could be like you know the B52s ish. Yeah, it does have have that kind of feel to it. I really love to just make comparisons <laughs> of stuff. Uh, Karen, were you someone who watched a, like a lot of MTV? Every moment of every day that I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember the whole um, ad campaign leading up to the premiere of MTV. Um, so it was this weird like people were talking about it, but no one knew what it was. And we, I remember where I was when it first came on, and then we just. You would go home after school and just sit either by yourself or in rooms of kids, and we would just sit very quietly and watch MTV for hours at a mm-hmm. time. Like, hours. It was amazing. It was really, really good back then. Yeah. Well, and there were, like, people were experimenting. There was just, like, nobody had ever done this kind of stuff before, so you could just, like, your song could be just okay, but if you had a cool music video, like... Like, I don't know, the ooh song, for example. <laughs> this is what made me think of it, because it was like, you probably heard this song so much because you, they probably played this video all the time that to you, it's like, oh, it's like a major hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but... no, I, it is a Pat Benatar deep cut. I only mm-hmm. rediscovered it recently okay. because that chorus came up and then I was like, wait, I know this song, but I know it wasn't like a hit hit, mm-hmm. but it was, I think it wasn't early. It was, ever? no, it was 85. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, she started putting out albums in 79, and she was having hits. Her last major hit was All Fired Up, which was in 88. 
So her run, uh, pretty decent, you know, uh, just about... 11 years? Just about 10, yeah, 10 or so years. Not oh. too bad. Uh, but, you know, it did not really... You know, was putting out albums in the 90s, but it wasn't quite... Uh, you know, she had kind of had been lost to. Also, new... if you Google her, she doesn't have her own website anymore. She and her husband, Neil Gilardo. 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 Who's been with her since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, he's her... Um, they've been married since... Uh, wait, uh, since 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they're still married, but they, like... That's the, her website is Benatar Giraldo. Like, yeah, that's how they. They're Pat Benatar tour. and Neil, Neil Giraldo. That's how they tour together. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And he's the guitar player, and he wrote a lot of the songs. And he's been with her since the very beginning. Yeah, all those big long uh, guitar solos. That's all him. Yeah. Um. And they have a really good Tiny Desk concert. The NPR Do series. Really? Yeah, it's just the two of them. You know, he's on acoustic guitar, and it's great. Do they do hits? They do like yeah, they their... do. I think they do. We belong, uh, and I think they do. They do. Yeah, two others. Uh, one I didn't know, but yeah, it's good. Check it out. Um, okay, influence innovation. I think you know one of the few, especially at that time, female rock stars who like legitimately was a fucking badass yeah and i think anyone who comes after that has has to give it up to pat i think has to acknowledge that that's that's probably i think that's the category where she shines which is that she kicked ass uh she took names she took names (laughs) (laughs) but she was able to be uh a badass rock star without losing her femininity uh you know it wasn't like she was uh, had had to be had to conform to something else uh and i think yeah i think that's highly influential yeah i feel like she's the kind of progression of heart um the what mm-hmm. heart was doing yeah because they were the exact same way and and ann wilson's voice was huge and you know had a huge range and everything so it's that thing of like you can be a good singer and still be the lead singer of a rock band yeah. it felt like that it was that kind of um i don't know just welcoming that idea in and then she just took it in i don't know 80s it up a little bit yeah put mm-hmm. her spin on it uh and heart is in i'm just mm-hmm. saying the heart tributary the heart yeah. leads to pat my heart leads to pat put her in the damn thing all right uh last category does my mom know who this is <laughs> and uh yeah for you sure better believe for sure. yes. yeah, my mom Your both mom, my parents know and then she saw 13 going on 30 and she remembered how much she loved her <laughs> yeah right that was uh, the target audience for wait 13. what's the only thing that pat's not doing well in is the critical critical acclaim, acclaim. Critical acclaim. Cl- iconic classic album. albums uh yeah oh because the hits are spread out too much got yeah. it got mm-hmm. it yeah if i think if a if one of those first few albums that they've been consolidated but that was kind of not how you did things back then uh it could have had this might be totally insane but i'll just throw it out there mm-hmm. 
critically critical acclaim like if you were going to side by side Pat Benatar and the songs and the hits that she had with like ACDC so you like then take out your uh, lead guitarist that's insane that everybody worships and you're just talking about like the songs and the lyrics and stuff mm-hmm. is ACDC more cl- critically acclaimed than Pat Benatar like it's still that simple rock theme of just like you know yeah uh, I think they so ACDC has two classic albums to their uh, career, and I think maybe just because I don't think critics loved ACDC, I think maybe now more retrospectively they're because probably of more the acclaimed. Iron Man movie. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that that is genuinely how children found out about ACDC, and I'm not making that up. Mm-hmm. Children that I babysat for, like became obsessed with ACDC when Iron Man came out. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Uh, I just think it's hard to like, how can you be critically acclaimed and doing that kind of like every like stadium rock? Well, thing? it's like like Bon Jovi, for example, who just got inducted. They are not critically acclaimed, Mm-mm. but they certainly were popular. Yeah. And I think it's the, it's probably if we try to break down what is, how do you, get critical acclaim it's hard to do that because it's just like do these weirdos like you uh <laughs> <laughs> some sort of artistic construction of an album i think is highly regarded critically uh but yeah when it's just fucking dumb butt rock then like how do you i guess if you're consistent you do i mean acdc was around for a long time and yeah and did it through two eras uh all right shall we do our verdict yeah will they will Pat Benatar get in the Hall of Fame. Or should should she? Should she? Will, Will she? she and when? When she? All right. Do you want to start, Kristen? Oh boy. Okay. Uh, should she? I think we know where I stand <laughs> on this one. Pretty sure. Uh, I think she should. She should already be in there. I'm pissed that she's not. Will she? Ooh, Mama. Do I think that anybody out there on the committee is even bringing her up? She's never been nominated. No. And I'm like, so nobody, if nobody's bringing her up, I'm like, when, you know, will she? God, I hope so. But I don't know when, I don't know when the, like, now that uh, against my will, I understand a lot more about how these things work. I, I don't know that she will. And that pisses me off. But I guess I, I if she were going to, I think it's going to be maybe 10 years from now, once we've gotten all the divas in, <laughs> then we then they go back and they start like kind of cleaning up on like, who did we miss of like lady rockers? And maybe maybe she'll get in after Kate Bush 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts. Karen, I have similar thoughts. I feel like she should be in. I love Kate Bush, but I feel like she, if we're talking about it in terms of classic rock and roll Hall of Fame of what that should mean, I feel like she kicked the door open for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, especially as a solo artist, technically. Um, yeah. So she just picked up her band in a diner. You yeah. Know? Like... She was a waitress. Was a... She had nothing. <laughs> uh, so I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, the fact that she has such a strong presence on like classic rock stations and stuff, it's mm-hmm. not like we're not talking about some of these people who you haven't heard of and you don't know the songs at all. Right. I realize I I went into some deep cuts, but 
for the most part, she's got these hits that you, you know, like if, if uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot comes on at a wedding, everybody jumps up. Mm-hmm. Like, if that matters at all. Um, yeah, she's a handful of, like, undeniable hits. Yeah. And uh, crowd pleasers. And truly, like, rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Um, but the idea that she's never been nominated is very troubling to me because... You what? reach a certain point, I feel like, where if they haven't been part of the conversation yet, you wonder if they ever will be. I mean, Damn. how long did it take for the Moody Blues? 28 years? Like 32. I 32 think. years. Wow. But had they, had they like ever that. been nominated no. prior to that? No. Zero noms no. until FYN. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which we, we say when a, a artist... Maybe they, so. Fye, we say when the first year they're eligible, they get nominated, they get inducted immediately. You know, uh, the Beatles, Bob Dylan, uh, more recently like Tupac, uh, Nirvana, bands that they they're slam dunks. Yeah, uh, they get in the ballot as soon as they're eligible, they get in. But then there's this other category, Fyn, where as soon as they're nominated, even if they it's not when they're first eligible, as soon as they are on the ballot, they get in, uh, and that is. You know, sometimes bands like Chicago, where they were, the nominating committee was very reluctant to put them on the ballot because they're like, fuck this lame band. Uh, <laughs> Too many horns. Yeah, Go. but, you know, it gets, to the, it gets to the point where they are uh, almost seen as criminally snubbed because they weren't on the ballot for 20-something years when they could have been. So as soon as they get on, they get in. Moody Blues, same way. Dire Straits from this year as well. Wait, Dire Straits was another FYN? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. This shit is crazy. Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs> oh. Rush. Uh, yeah, so so bands that were never on the ballot, but as soon as they get on, they get in immediately. Oh. All right, Joe, what do you think? Oh, wait, oh, uh, did you ever say how long you think it would be for the, for them to, for her to get look, in? Look, I'm going to go positive, and I'm going to say within the next five years. What do they Do they do it every four years like the Olympics? I don't understand no, anything there's, about. There's oh, okay. one every, there's, every year. Yeah, but how many women they induct every year? TBD. Usually let's right. grassroots one. this thing. Okay. Let's just start mm-hmm. the let's start the campaign now. Yeah, I mean, it's never too early. Never too. <laughs> uh, Joe. All right. Should she? Yes, I think she should be inducted. Will she? I think she will. I think she will be an FYN. I think as soon as she gets on the ballot, yeah. she will get in. I think... Uh, Look, it sh- if Dire Straits can do it, mm-hmm. Patty B can do it. I, yeah, <laughs> that's the old saying. <laughs> but I think that's true. I think as soon as she's on the ballot, uh, it's gonna everybody's going to vote, vote for her. I think it's just the hurdle of getting the nominating committee to put her on there. And I think they will. And I think they will within the next five years. I think uh, I think she's around the corner. You know, they're, they've been doing a lot of you know, cleaning house with these classic rock artists and you'll have to get the Benatar soon. There's not going to be yeah. any white men left by the time they, like eventually they're going to yeah. run out of of bands from the 60s and 70s to yeah. induct. I mean, if if Pat Benatar was on the ballot next year, she would get it. For sure. And it could happen. I don't think it's out of the question. Here's oh a, gosh. this is a little bit of a morbid um, question, but do you think that if she and her band died in a plane crash in 1991, that they would be in already? Yes. Like, do, like I yes. feel like she doesn't we have enough of a... I feel like the, the, yeah, dying helps your chances, especially if they make a documentary about you. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, is there some analogous situation uh, from, like, a, a band from the 80s? 
Well, like I was thinking of Leonard Skinner, but it's like the, mm-hmm. it's a band who like they were good mm-hmm. and they got played. But a uh, sweet. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Am I mm-hmm. right about that? Yes. Um, that scared me for one second. But it's like you don't think of a ton of Leonard Skinner songs. You you think of one, but a bunch of them died at the same time. Interesting theory. See, I I could come up with a bunch of Leonard Skinner songs. Like what else? Freebird. Oh, sorry. And give, give me three. <laughs> yeah. Give me three steps. Give me three steps. What's your name? Saturday Night Special. Oh, shit. That smell. Uh, <laughs> That smell. That smell. Um, I'm 100 percent wrong on this theory. Yeah, or at least that example's bad. That example's bad. Because yeah, uh, (laughs) I mean, I I could name. Freebird. Yeah, I mean, come on. (laughs) I could name. Well, I could name three Leonard Skinner songs, and the third was "Give Me Three Steps." Simple man. Simple man. Okay. Uh, you know, give me three steps, but you don't know the ooh ooh song. That or, is, a or true you don't statement. know promises in the dark. That's I, really weird. And to that's me. a problem with our culture. Yeah. <laughs> More, I we're in, a I, product I, of a system. I think too. I spent some of my youth in Tennessee, and, and I think that that also oh can yeah. can impact how much Skinner's in your blood. <laughs> you know, no um, Neil Young at all. It, you've yeah. never heard one Neil Young song. But it's it, all, all Skinner. Skinnered. Yeah. No, I do know. I do know a fair. I saw Neil Young with my mother before I moved from Chicago to Los Angeles. That was our farewell concert that we went to together. <laughs> did you enjoy it? I saw Neil Young once, and I did not enjoy it. Um. Also, Los Lobos opened for him, and we love Los Lobos, as I've talked about on this podcast. My mother and I really like Los Lobos. Um. Uh. Yeah. It was mostly just because it was a fun experience to be with my mom. It was a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. It was a big one. When I saw him, he was uh, promoting this album slash play called Greendale. Oh, dear. No, we did not see that. And it was, we showed up to a Neil Young concert and it was more or less a play. Oh, no. And it was like bush era like over like hitting you over the head just playing glycerine over and over oh my god i'll I'll walk out of here i'm kidding i'm kidding uh everything was zen but (laughs) i hate it boy i don't like it when it comes back to me i did i did fly out here find my asshole brother stop it Uh, i'm sorry (laughs) okay so yeah the neil young concert was terrible because it was like there was like a a a woman in fatigues with a megaphone you know that kind of thing Uh, and it's like i play cinnamon girl please uh but he just (laughs) did this whole and then his i was hoping for a substantial encore with some hits and yeah we did not we did not we were not subject to that we saw he definitely played cinnamon girl while we were uh in the stands. Great. Dancing in your circle skirts. Yes. Yeah. My mother and I just getting secondhand high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Pat Benatar gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who inducts her? Ann Wilson from Heart. Interesting. Uh, I was looking up who she has toured with recently uh, to see like maybe who she's Neil friend- who's, Geraldo. Maybe- I mean that's like a <laughs> that's like a sweet one, uh, but like usually they would who they he go would be for. also being inducted, wouldn't he? Yeah. Did, no, wouldn't, he would not. Oh, just, she would just not get credited. in as a solo artist. If it were the, if it were the like Pat Benatar, band. if it was the Pat Benatar band, the at, Pat on the sleeve. Benatar. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he would not. Even though he like should be, just because she was a solo artist, she would get inducted by herself. Uh, but I was looking at who she's been touring with, uh, to, and. Here's an interesting one. Cher. 
She's been touring with Cher? She's done oh, at least one tour Is Cher in Cher. The, no. the Raw Hall? No, she's not in the Raw Hall. Uh, you, you have to get inducted by someone that's in? No. Oh, so oh. it can be anybody. It doesn't even have to be a musician. Uh, Howard Stern inducted... Uh, bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Oh. And David Letterman inducted... Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Wow. Uh, and so sometimes that's that's usually not the case. It's usually not a, a broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it's someone who uh, is like a peer. Sometimes it's someone who influenced them. And sometimes it's someone who's influenced by them. Mm. What uh, if it was just someone who won a radio contest? <laughs> It would be me. I'd like that. It would be you. It's an actual waitress. Yeah. yeah right. She really inspired us. Yeah. Uh, it's an actual post-apocalyptic orphan. Oh, it's like seven orphans that speak yeah. in unison. It's really creepy. <laughs> uh, but maybe and I, maybe share. That'd be a good one though. Have Debbie Harry. Uh, oh, that'd be amazing. Because uh, I know Blondie and, and and Pat toured together. And I'm like, if Blondie's in, put. The Benatar in. You're right. She'll get in FYN for sure. But you know what? You mentioning that now makes me see that critical acclaim difference where mm-hmm. Blondie. They're cooler. They're cooler yeah. and their songs, there was more going on. Whereas Pat Benatar was truly just giving you stadium rock in whatever way you could take it yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, Melissa Etheridge, they also toured together. Oh, I was like, is Melissa in the. I in the hall? No, she's not. She may not be eligible. Uh, she might be, though. Uh, she certainly rocks. Karen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Three cheers for Melissa Everett. Uh Karen O from the AAS. Mm. It seems to be oh. like a draw line from Yeah, Pat just to, from their haircuts. Yeah, even from just their look and like kind of presence. Yeah, kind of small faces. Big small mouth. faces are in. Yeah, small faces are in. I'm not kidding. Small faces are. Oh, the small faces are inducted. I thought you were talking about hall. like in in like well, small faces are really in right now. Oh, like I was Long saying, fashion wise. Yeah. Yes, no. Uh, you don't like band. big faces. Small faces are in. Who? What did the small faces sing? Not the faces. The small. But, well, faces. They're, they're, that's the same band. Oh. Okay. So basically, it's the small faces slash the faces. Oh. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's is and, Rod in on his own? Mm-hmm. He's in twice. He's in with the faces in, and yet no Tina. Tina's got to be in with her goddamn abuser. Mm-hmm. Cool, it's great up. job. Uh, Shit is man, guys. Ooh, I know there's a lot bigger things going on in the world, but I choose to get angry about this right now. Pat Benatar gets in. She's performing okay. uh, at the induction ceremony. What three songs does she play? Obviously. Love is a Battlefield. Hit me with your best shot. And Heartbreaker. Heart- we belong. See, I... I ooh, <laughs> All the lights come down and so, yeah. like seven synthesizers come out. <laughs> I would say Heartbreaker for sure. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I know I've really been standing by promises in the dark this whole time. Uh-huh. But I only because it is like anthemic... And it changes pace and stuff. And her, like, there's one point where her voice goes up so high, it's insane. It's Mariah Carey style. Ooh. Um, so I, if I if I were to suggest anything to her, I would put that in there. Um, and then... What about Shadows of the Night? <laughs> That's the, a good one, too. We're on the legend I've of sang Billie it Jean. so many times <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, geez. I feel like it definitely has to be Heartbreaker. I think mm-hmm. that one. Heartbreaker sure. and Love is a Battlefield, I think, are the the gimmies 
of. Mm-hmm. And then do you do you fill that third slot with the with hit me with your best shot, which is like classic rock standard, or do you go Shadows of the Night? You could also go We Belong. I think those are the that's what's yeah. In play. I think you have to have a slower one just because those other one. I Heartbreaker rules. It's mm-hmm. so fast. It's like it's an awesome song. Yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think? Do you think she closes on Love Is a Battlefield? And yeah, then, I mean, like, Jennifer Garner comes out and does. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, but you, you can make a real solid three song set uh, with Ms. Pat. Three, yeah, 100%. Because that's usually what they play. She could actually start with Lovell's Battlefield wearing the outfit she wore in the video. She strips that thing off. Then she's in the unitard with the red belt that she wears in the. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I think it's the Promises in the Dark video, which is just a concert. It's just concert okay. footage. Um, then we end obviously with the ooh ooh song, where she goes back to her waitressing career. Right, we get we get we get the table of customers up on stage. They've been sitting in the crowd the whole time. We had no idea. We're like, why at this huge ten thousand dollar a table event are these uh, street rough, you know, street tough kids just sitting there eating nope. pizza? Yeah, eating pizza. Everyone else is drinking champagne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you get to do costume changes when you do songs at the ceremony, or is this fake? So. It's like, no, I mean it's it's. Like it's a, I think it's just it's three in and in out a row. because oh, okay. they've got a they'll change at your least lighting six performances. and stuff for the songs. They'll change your lighting. They'll give you lighting. <laughs> not just one spotlight. Yeah, they'll okay, let good, you good. do. They'll do multiple lighting shifts. You they'll know? put some gels on those yeah, lights. Yeah, they'll let you have people come out too as well and join you and things like that for fun. But. Mm-hmm. It's mostly a pretty straight, straightforward performance from what I gleaned from watching the one this year. Right. The first time I've ever witnessed one of these ceremonies. Boy, it'd be fun to watch Pat Benatar perform. I will say that. That'd be fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, because she does like the VH1 Divas shows and stuff. And I feel like... Wait, she what? She's been, she's been on at least one of those shows, I'm pretty sure. On the Divas? Well, that would make I sense. Could, you could check it. I'm not positive. They've also had many years of divas. So I'm, yeah. I've got to imagine some of them are, are going uh, under the radar she's for you. Got to be in at least yeah. one Wait, of them. Wait, they're still doing divas. Listen, as soon as I put VH1 divas in, it said VH1 divas RuPaul, and that is exciting. Wait, Shit. is there going to be a VH1? The one I always think of is the like classic one, the one with Celine and Aretha, and like the the old like the '90s one is the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. I was at the one um, that had Celine, Mary J. Blige. Whitney showed up, but it was it didn't go well. Um, oh, no. And there was a bunch of people. And we were there for, because it was when I first started writing for Ellen, and she was the host. And so I had to be there for, like, rehearsal. Celine Dion gave 110% at this rehearsal to the point where there was only, like, five people in this huge audience at, C- at the Caesars, like, you know, that huge um, theater that they have there. So there's like four of us just milling around, you know, just for the technical rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Celine Dion, they were singing You Shook Me All Night Long. Um, it was her and like, I think A Rita song Ora. you never want to hear Celine Dion sing. She was giving it. And at one oh point she literally walked over, looked at me, pointed and went <laughs> as she walked across the other, where I was like, you are the consummate performer. You're she, giving it all. You know what? She rocks. <laughs> <laughs> she does but no, am i wrong did no, pat benatar's done it she did a duets vh1 uh divas duets she did a duet with it looks like 
Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, what? They did Heartbreaker. Yeah, Divas Duets. Okay. Right, yeah. Uh, huh. I was looking well, at... Well, Beyonce was on this. Wait, Queen Latifah, Ashanti, Pat Benatar, and Beyonce? 2003? Yeah, look at that. This is wild. That's There's one Divas concert. It's the one that I'm thinking of that had a pop-up video to it. I think it's Divas Live 1998. I think that's the big one. Yeah, that was with Celine, Gloria, Aretha, Shania, Mariah. That's the big one. Because it's the, it's the Aretha, Celine, like, soul off at the end where, like, Aretha will not let Celine Dion have the last run. She's just like, Celine keeps being like, oh. And then Aretha will be like, oh. And then Celine will be like, oh, oh, oh. And then you, it goes on for too long. It's a very good <laughs> pop-up video moment. And, like, Shania is just over there, step-touching in the corner, like, happy to be there. And Gloria knows to shut the hell up. And Mariah's like, not my battle yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Just stay out of it. Pick your battles. Uh, all right. I think that just about does it. Oh, yeah. Karen, thank you so much. My pleasure. For being here. Anything you would like to plug? Um, my new podcast called I Love Leonard Skinner is uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming out. <laughs> oh, God. I hope it's not called Freebird. Leonard Skinheads. Mm. That'd be a terrible name. Yeah, I don't even know why anyone would think of that. <laughs> well, I was trying to think of a pun. That's why. Oh, um, no plugs, I don't think. Great. No plugs. I don't plug. Mm, that's just something I don't do. I yeah, simply can't scary. think of anything. I, just, I don't do well, it. Well, your podcast, My Favorite Murder. Yes. Listen can, to that. You can go listen to that if you, if it's you like good. it. Uh, and if you... Uh, they, they handle the topic of murder, I think, better than we better do. Better than we do. They don't just get really sad about it and yeah, like, able, let it drag. You guys are able to handle it. <laughs> they, they're prepared mm-hmm. to deal with serious topics. Um, okay, I'm Kristen Studdard. You can find me at, at KStud across all platforms. If you're in Los Angeles at the end of August, I'm doing a new solo show at the Lyric Hyperion, and I am nervous. <laughs> great i love that theater so much it's so fun it's the best yeah it's a great space so you know come and get one of the 40 tickets available <laughs> tickets available tickets <laughs> available soon actually probably not even available yet maybe by the time this goes up next hey, week we'll see it could happen uh you can follow me at joe k joe k on twitter um i'll be at the satellite on july 15th at the show <laughs> power violence uh, I think that's the only thing I have coming up that would pertain to this dropping. Great. Uh, <laughs> also, dropping. shut up. <laughs> the podcast is going to drop, okay? Ew. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> what's what's your social media, Karen? Mm. It's Karen Kilgariff at Twitter. I'm just on Twitter. Perfect. Uh, She's a good follow, too. I one like of the it. greats. I enjoy it. One of the greats. Guys, <laughs> thanks. Uh, so happy you were here. Uh, Thank you. Me, too. This has been a joy. I'm so glad I got to talk about have that yeah, yeah, girl. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes, five stars only. Subscribe, <laughs> do all that. If you want to reach out, rockhallpod at gmail.com. We love we your messages. Love your emails. Thank you to Ted Tremper, Liz Full, Natalie Garcia Mayor for giving us this space and equipment and everything. I'm Joe Kozala. I'm Kristen Studdard. Who cares? About the Rock Hall. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.